ones go to little church, so if that's part of you, you go at this point, and they'll be with you to lead you in worship down there in the time that we have together up here while we continue to uh, praise Him for the goodness. Um, anybody know what's going to happen Thursday? I, I don't know, y'all. There's a rumble like, do you know? I haven't heard. Uh, Lizzie? Turkey? Oh, you walked into that one. But I love you. I love you. What is Thursday? Yes, we will probably have turkey, but that's not the main point of the day. What? What? Thanksgiving, I see a, what, what, I, I'm sorry, I don't remember your name, green shirt, you, yes, I'm looking straight at you, what's your name? <laughs> Henry? Thank you, Henry, it's Thanksgiving Day, and uh, we've been talking about Thanksgiving all this month, where I've just been encouraging you to thank folks, we've not been preaching on that, we've not been having Bible study on that. But I've just wanted to challenge you, to encourage you, to let that be part of your lifestyle and to find folks. Uh, because sometimes we just limit it to a day. Uh, and sometimes I even wonder what we actually do on Thanksgiving Day when you stop to think about it. Um, remember the first Thanksgiving? Uh, pilgrims, uh, you, you know the stories. Uh, I, I hear they're trying to rewrite history, but we're going to stay with history that we know it. Uh, so what, do, what do you recall from Thanksgiving Day? That's a question. Answer back. Raise your hand. Let me know. Just one at a time. What, what, do, what do you think of when you think of the pilgrims on Thanksgiving Day? Okay, they shared a meal between basically two different cultures, uh, uh, the pilgrims and, and the Indians. What else do you think about when you think about Thanksgiving and the pilgrims? Okay. They were giving thanks to the Lord because he had given to them. What else do you think about? Okay, now we're really getting down to thanksgiving. Do you realize that most of the time we, we, we teach our children and some of them wear the pilgrim suits and some of them wear the Indian suits and we're just having a good time and we're having a feast. But do you realize that they were thanking God on that day for his provision because life was tough. Historians tell us that for every house they built, they dug seven graves. Seven people died for every house that was built. Okay, I don't mean to embarrass you and and I hope I don't embarrass you, but is there somebody here that's 40 years old and you'd be willing to stand and say, I'm 40 and proud of it? Anybody here? You're right at 40. Anybody? Now, <laughs> brother, if you're 40, we're both doing well. <laughs> Anybody? He's really pointing you out. Nobody's proud of being 40, huh? 
Well, I will not be a, a good attorney because you should never, they say attorneys should never ask a question but what they know the answer is going to be. Well, I see the fingers being pointed, so I know some of you are 40. And if this were actually Thanksgiving Day for the pilgrims, I would look at you and I would say, live it well, you will die before the end of the year. Because on that first Thanksgiving, the average lifespan was 40 years old. Now think about that. All of us who are over the, the hill of 40, we're already gone. <laughs> and a guy like me, I've been gone for decades. <laughs> you know. But that's the reality of the first Thanksgiving. It wasn't all just hoop to do and hoop and holler and life is easy and we're just going to celebrate. No, they were really, really grateful because coming through such a tough time in life, they recognized that God had blessed them and they had food to eat and they were giving thanks. In the United States, Thanksgiving did not become a holiday until the mid-1800s. Abraham Lincoln in 1863 made his proclamation, and I want to read a portion of that to you. I will not read the full presidential proclamation because obviously uh, presidents are preachers and they talk a lot. <laughs> but listen to just a portion of Abraham Lincoln's Thanksgiving proclamation of 1863. Mark that date. What's going on in 1863? Civil War. Listen to what he said. The year that is drawing toward its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensitive to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. In the midst of a civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seen the foreign states to invite and to provoke their aggression, peace has been preserved with all nations. Order has been maintained. The laws have been respected and obeyed, and harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict. No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while de dealing with us in anger for our sins, has nonetheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and all those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in heavens. In testimony whereof I hereunto set my hand 
and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed, Abraham Lincoln. I read that every year for myself to remind me that Thanksgiving isn't just a celebration because everything seems to be going well. But Thanksgiving is a celebration to give praise to the Father for in the midst of life, whether it be good or whether it be bad, whether it be easy or whether it be tough, we have reason to praise Him because He is God and He is moving amongst us. In order to help us understand Thanksgiving, maybe even better, I want to go look at the nation of Israel. And I invite you to turn in your scriptures to Psalm 113. Psalm 113. And in this psalm, it begins to lay some foundation. And as a matter of fact, if you will look uh, into the history of the nation of Israel, Psalm 113 through 118 were the psalms that were read at least three times a year for major festivals that were going on in the Hebrew nation. The first Thanksgiving celebration that they annually observed was, was the, uh, uh, the, the Passover. Remember the Passover? And they celebrated the fact that the angel of death had passed over them because of the shed blood over the doorpost. And so they gave thanks to the Father for that. And then seven weeks later, the nation of Israel celebrated Pentecost. And they just remembered this this seven-week period plus a day. And on that 50th day after Passover, they once again came together for the festival of, of, of Pentecost. And they celebrated and gave thanks to God. And then at another point in the year, they had the festival of harvest, much like the pilgrims where they were celebrating and thanking God for the incoming harvest that they had gathered together. And they would take these psalms and they would use them on those three major Thanksgiving feasts that happened every year. And here's my challenge to you this week. We're going to look at Psalm 113 today to talk about praising Him. But I'm going to encourage you on Monday, as a family, whatever your family is, if you're a single, you're a family. If you are bigger than one, you're a family, no matter how few or how large, to read Monday, Psalm 114. Tuesday, Psalm 115. The next day, 116. The next, 117, and then you're even going to have to go all the way to Friday, a day after Thanksgiving, and read 118. And just use those as times of praise. But this morning, let's look at Psalm 113, because this teaches us some great truth about praise that I hope you will carry with you, not only through this week, especially on Thursday when you gather with family, friends, or with whomever you're gathering to give thanks, but that it'll become the staple of your life that you'll keep going. And so we look at Psalm 113, and the first verse says this, Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. 
And in this verse, it tells us who is to do the praising. Who is to do the praising? What's your word say? What's it say? Servants of the Lord. It didn't say the pastor ought to give praise. It didn't say that the head of the household ought to give praise. It said that all the servants, all of us who serve the Lord, we are to give praise. P.S. If you don't quite catch it, that means every believer, every one of us, we are to give praise. And let's do that. If you go to the next verse, it says, Blessed be the name of the Lord for this time forth and forevermore. Well, let me back up. Excuse me. I, I, I'm, I'm rushed past verse 1 too quick. It says, Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. What are we to praise? The Lord's name. Boy, I almost blew my whole message here. <laughs> Because that is so vitally important. Remember in scripture when a name is given. It is a descriptive statement of character. And when we were doing several months ago. We were doing our study on holiness. And we were talking about the Lord is holy. And we talked about the character of God. And we as being made holy because of him. We reflect his character. And it says here, we are to praise the name of the Lord. And I just did a little research, and this is not exhaustive at all. You keep working on it. And matter of fact, in a few moments, we're going to sing, and you're going to sing some more about his name. Listen to the names of God. That Just a quick rendering that I found. And by the way, I'm about to give you some Elohims, and the E-L stands for being strong and mighty. The name of the Lord is Elohim. He is the creator. El Elyon, God most high and sovereign. El Royai, the God who sees. El Shaddai, God almighty, God all sufficient. Adonai, Lord and master. Jehovah, the self-existent one. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my banner. Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. Jehovah Sabbath, the Lord of hosts. Jehovah Ra, the Lord is my shepherd. When you start thinking about that, rather than just saying, Lord, I praise your name. I praise you because you are. You are creator. You are sustainer. You are peace. You are healing. You, you are my all and all. And all of us are to be praising him and praising his name. Now we'll get to verse 2. And it says, Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. When are you to praise God? What? 
always never a bad time to praise God, okay? Don't ever go, oops, I'm not sure I should have done that. (laughs) Yes, you should have. I hope it just leaks out of you that you just absolutely find yourself like I did this week. I was in a place uh, serving as chaplain with some cadets and as as being a chaplain in, in the Civil Air Patrol, was in, which is an, an auxiliary of the Air Force, and we're controlled by the Air Force because we are part of Air Force One, I'm not supposed to talk about God specifically even as a chaplain unless those cadets ask me. And something happened in the middle of... I was, I'm also their PT officer, uh, their physical training officer, and we were doing um, drills of physical testing because they had to pass in order to promote and it just absolutely leaked out of myself well praise God and everybody kind of looked at me and they went yeah (laughs) and I thought okay I may get fired here soon because I'm not supposed to do that but I couldn't help it it just it it just it just happened and I don't know what God's going to do with that seed that I planted on that particular squadron meeting that we were in on Tuesday night but I believe God is going to do something with that so all the time is a good time to praise the Lord and then we go on to say there where it says and from the rising of the sun to its setting the name of the Lord is to be praised the question is where should we praise we know that when we should praise is all the time but where we should praise is spelled out here Now, on this it says, from the rising of the sun to its setting. But this is not a time reference when you look into the Hebrew. It doesn't mean, okay, you can praise him when the sun comes up, but don't you do it before the sun comes up. And when the sun sets, y'all hush. No more talking to God, saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. The special reference here is... As we rotate around the sun, the sun is always rising. The sun is always setting. I don't care where you are. You are in a place where it's okay to praise God. One of my favorite sayings, and I drive students crazy sometimes, because another thing just comes out of my mouth all the time. I say, well, good morning. And it doesn't make any difference whether it's morning or it's the middle afternoon. And it really freaks students out sometimes. That when 9 o'clock at night, I come to them and I say, well, good morning. And they go, boy, you are out of your mind. And I go, no, I'm not, because somewhere it is morning, and it's a good time to just wish you a good morning. And it also strikes up conversation, I guarantee you. But what he's talking about is that all of us praise All of us praise his name and his character. We praise him all the time. Let it just become a natural part of who we are. And no matter where we are, we praise him. But the main significance to me of this psalm is what follows next. On why do we praise him? And if you look at verse 4, we'll see that God is unique. The Lord is high above all nations and in his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and on the earth? 
One of the reasons we praise him is because he's different than us. He's unique. He's above the heavens. He's above the creation. He is God over all. And that should cause us to want to praise him. That he is different than you and me. He's different. And that's why we praise him. But the last part of that chapter says, he is also compassionate. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Not only do we praise him because he is unique, but we praise him because he has compassion. It says there that he raises up the poor. He raises up those who have been ostracized. Those who have been shunned by society. Those who aren't on the top ten list all of the time and invited to all the big parties. He lifts everyone up because he has compassion on every one of us. You're breathing air. You're alive. He's having compassion on all of us. But it also says he lifts the needy up. Which that means he remembers the forgotten. You've been there. I've been there. Where there are times where you know you're not on that top ten list. You've been forgotten. You didn't get the invite. They walked right past you, didn't say hi. For some reason, you feel like you have been forgotten. Not with God. He never forgets you. You are His creation. Every baby is a gift of God to his or her parents. And he will never forget his creation. And we can praise him for that. But then the last part of that verse, that, that, that chapter, and he gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Now you know in the nation Israel, when this was penned, if a woman was unable to bear children, she was worthless in society. I don't know why they had that feeling, but that was their opinion. And God said, not in my eyes. Nobody's ostracized. Nobody's forgiven. And when the world tells you you are not important as a person at all God says you are to me and I can almost feel his arms reaching around people that find themselves in that place 
and they can literally feel his hug on their life if they are sensitive to knowing what the scriptures say about our God. So that's why we praise him. That's why we praise him today. That's why we're going to praise him every day this week and especially on Thanksgiving. It's not Turkey Day. It's not Turkey Day. By the way, it's not football day. It's it's not, we'll say a quick prayer of thanksgiving and move on to the important stuff, whatever that is to you, hunting, whatever. It is a day to give thanks while you're eating, while you're watching football, while you're hunting, even as you're laying down to take that nap after a good meal. It's time to whisper a prayer of thanksgiving. We are His creation and we praise Him. He has taken care of us and we praise Him. This morning I want to ask you a question. Do you know about Him or do you know him. I know about Abraham Lincoln. I've read this over and over again, year after year, at my Thanksgiving celebration time. But I don't know Abraham Lincoln. Although I'll never forget the day at camp when a little seventh grader came up to me and asked me the question, So what was it like when you and Abraham, and he was as serious as a heart attack. He thought I was old enough to know Abraham Lincoln. But when I think of the names of God, I don't know Abraham Lincoln, but I know God because I know Jesus Christ. I acknowledge that sin has separated me from him and that Jesus came to pay the penalty of that sin and by his resurrection from the dead he then overcame the sin the power of sin and the power of the grave and he invited me to come in to be part of his heavenly family but I had to receive the gift and this morning as we get ready to continue on with worship in song I want to give you the opportunity if you don't know him, to find him. And some of us are going to be up here at the front, and if you want to talk to us about knowing Jesus Christ, how you can have that relationship with Christ, we want to give you that opportunity. Jason's going to come up, and he's going to play for just a moment. We're going to stand together, and it's going to be a time of response. It may be that God is leading you to be part of a Bible-based church that preaches the word. Come unite with us if that's what God is leading you to do. If there's any other decision as we stand, as he plays, may you quietly thank God for what he's doing in your life. But if you need to make a response, I and some other elders will be down here at the front. You come while Jason plays. You come. This is your invitation to come and to know this God who loves you and wants to know you personally.
praying to him. Praying for your brothers and sisters next to you. If there's a decision that needs to be made. We've talked about praising Him. I want us to continue now praising Him. So the musicians are going to lead us as we close out our worship time. And I hope that absolutely praise not only erupts from your vocal cords, but from the very soul within you, all that you are, that you will just worship Him and praise Praise Him because He is God. He is not only unique and compassionate, He loves you. Let's join together as we praise Him in song.